Here are details of some of tonight's programmes. At eight o'clock, a Freemason will be exposing the secrets of the BBC. <laughs> At ten o'clock, Lou Grade will be in the studio giving an excerpt from his autobiography, which is called My Life Already. <laughs> And a family doctor will be talking about the dirty cracks on hospital walls and reading some of them. But meanwhile, for those of you who are more easily pleased, Terry's 30 minutes of star-studded rubbish as, as Kenneth Horne takes you round the hall. The story so far. Last week, we left swarthy, bearded Betty Marsden Dusky Tigress Hugh Paddock trapped in the Vienna sewers. Played by nubile Kenneth Williams without a safety net. <laughs> Suddenly a grating above their heads creaked open, and there, silhouetted against the sky, stood a figure that was half man, half beast, and half cut. <laughs> it opened its yawning maw as it gibbered the words that turned her blood to ice. Hello, this is Kenneth Horne. <laughs> And welcome to Round the Horn. Now, incidentally, that was Douglas Smith, who appeared by kind permission of the Alice Tring School of Embalming and Social Club. <laughs> now, firstly, here are the answers to last week's quiz. The answer to question one was in three parts. The 3.30 from Paddington, the wheel tapper's daughter, and not while the train is standing in the station. <laughs> The answer to question... <laughs> the answer to question two was four and six a yard. And the other answers were henna rinse, bag shot, a duck-billed platypus, Lionel and Joyce Blair or Sammy Davis Jr., whichever is the longer. <laughs> and not, not as many of you thought, a device for opening a Malacca walking stick. Now, <laughs> these days I seldom have the opportunity... Oh, poor old devil, it's a shame. <laughs> Don't laugh at him, he might turn nasty. Oh. Shall I pour a bucket of water over him? No, leave him alone. He'll go away of his own accord. <laughs> well, it doesn't look as though I'm going to get the opportunity today. Anyway, I wanted to mention one of the forgotten men of British science, Robert Capability Lackwind, the man who gave the world toad in the hole. <laughs> you can have it back any time. <laughs> Capability Lackwin first saw the light of day in September 1832, when he was 45 years of age, <laughs> having spent a secluded life locked in a broom cupboard in Worthing. <laughs> Before Lackwin's patent toad in the hole burst upon an astonished world, there had, of course, been other toads and other holes. There was the Wookiee Hole, the Coal Hole, and, of course, the Black Hole of Calcutta, which was claimed to have been invented by Mr. Ram Singh of Rotherhithe. Well, nobody believed him because he used to claim all sorts of things, including the, the fact that he was the heir apparent to the throne of Lapland, and even on one occasion that he was Lily Langtry, <laughs> a claim quickly discredited by a police doctor and Edward VII. Oh, hurry up, the pubs will be closed. <laughs> Anyhow, holes there were in plenty, but not a toad as far as the eye could see. Capability experimented with all kinds of crude toads, but people scoffed. Look at his crude toad, they sneered. 
It's a mockery. But he persevered with true British grit, and in 1862 he produced the first gritty British sausage. <laughs> or Laquin's Folly, as it was known. <laughs> Laquin passed away soon after when he fell into a vat of pudding mixture and was found battered to death. <laughs> to say... To say that this led to the war of Jenkins' ear is not only a matter of conjecture, but absolute nonsense. And if you don't believe me, ask Jenkins. You'll have to shout, of course. He's only got one ear. Hey, have you finished? Yes. Good. I hope we're going to be stuck here all night. Well, I'm sorry. But it's not for me. It's you, Paddock. He gets very bitter if he's kept hanging oh, about. No, 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 no. It's not that. It's just that I took these tablets just before the show. <laughs> Right, right, sir. I'll bear that in mind. Now, continuing our series, The Backroom Boys of the BBC, we swing the spotlight onto that much-abused but nevertheless essential department, the censors, whose job it is to force out hidden dirt. <laughs> Wherever there is honestoire, there you'll find them malleponcing. <laughs> Come with us now down the corridors of power to a small backroom and broadcasting house. Are you still in there? Oh, shut up. <laughs> Where the censors are in session. All right, all right, gentlemen, simmer down. There's too much filth going out on the air, and it's our job to stop it. Only this morning I heard a reference to a lady's ankle. Oh, oh depravity. Lewdness. It's Sodom and Gomorrah oh, all over all again. All over again. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Where's it going to end? That's what I ask. Yeah. Yesterday, Mrs. Dale said she had a ladder in her stocking. <gasps> Where's it leading to is what I want to know. <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. What about the suggestive titles of programmes? Suggestive? I want what? What? I, I, oh, yes. Could you give me an example? Well, have a go with Wilfred Pickles. <laughs> now, tell me. What's the implication of that? Well, I don't see any harm in saying have a go. I mean, it's not going to corrupt the listeners. Anybody who listens to have a go is beyond corruption. <laughs> no, 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 it's not. It's not that. It's not that at all. It's pickles with its suggestion of vinegar. And as everyone knows, vinegar is alcoholic. And we know what alcohol leads to. Oh, yay, yay. Yay! Oh, sister, yay! And screaming and carrying on and tearing their clothes off and cursing and fighting and debauchery and tearing their clothes off. Oh, at least that's what always happens in my case. Uh, make the fella, make the fella change his name from pickles to something health-giving, like grated carrots. Yeah, good for the eyes. Uh, I take it, then, that the programme will henceforth be referred to as Have a Go with a Grated Carrot. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. There's nothing ambiguous about that. <laughs> ah, gentlemen, I think we ought to do something about... Take your partners. Gentlemen, who are they fooling? Take your partners for what? 
Well, sure, it's just old-time dancing, isn't it? Ah! <laughs> dancing with each other, holding each other close, their hot breath on each other's necks, ah. the proximity of warm flesh through the bombazine. Ah. Oh, 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 the knees touching, women with their rouge cheeks and carmine lips and the soft swell of their... Oh! <laughs> Quick, somebody. I mean, I mean, a damp sponge on the back of his neck. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's better. Now, what else have we got? Uh, a programme called Five to Ten. Oh, a suggestion of betting. Strike it out. <laughs> let it be stricken. Out with it! Yay! Out with let it. it be cast out, brothers, for is it not sinful? Yay! And is it not written that we should go forth and scourge the flesh pots of the BBC with whips and scorpions? Yay! 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 Hellfire and brimstone shall be their lot! Yay! Yay! For are we not all sinners? Yay! I too have heard. Yes, and I got caught at it too. <laughs> oh, friends. But I, I pleaded the headaches. Oh, friends. <laughs> and to descend even unto entertaining lewd thoughts regarding Ina Sharple's knees. <laughs> oh! Yeah, he has oh. found the path! He has seen the light! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! That was the BBC's censorship department about whom I would like to say, well, I can't because it was censored. Now, now trends. This is the part of the show designed for the trendy young moderns, the people who are not only but also, and indeed scarcely. Now, first, fashion. Trouser suits are out. Oh, blast. I've just bought one myself. <laughs> but don't throw away that silk Dior creation you bought last year. Yeah, I told you not to throw it away, Elf. Well, I had to, didn't I? I had to have room to hang up me Balenciagas. <laughs> now. <laughs> After the Balenciagas, we come to trends in the home. Domestic help is becoming increasingly hard to find. When my au pair went back to Mongolia, <laughs> frankly, I was at a loss. And so I got on to Rent-A-Chap. Now, that's a firm that specialises in hiring out male domestics. You know the sort of thing, out-of-work actors filling in between engagements. Anyhow, I rang them up, and the next morning... Hello, we're from Rent-A-Chap. I'm Julian, this is my friend Sandy. Yeah. <laughs> We've come to do for you. <laughs> yeah, that's never Kenneth Owen. Yes, it is. Oh, enough to cold, didn't he? I wonder if they're his own teeth. 
ask him. Oh, I don't like Oh, go on. No. Look, look, I heard what you said. Oh, he was earwigging. <laughs> Have you just popped round to make comments on my personal appearance or are you going to do the housework? Well, we're seven or six an hour, you know. Yeah, not cheap. <laughs> did, uh, did Miss Brahms at the agency warn you? Yes, we agreed terms. Now, quick, come in before the neighbours see you. <laughs> now, um... <laughs> are you experienced in this sort of work? Well, not exactly. See, we're filling in between engagements. We do commercials, mostly. Mm-hmm. May have seen us on the telly. You, you know that ad where she's got it, only no-one will tell her, only somebody does, then she has a bath? Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, well, then she gets me dressed as a rugby fullback. Mm. <laughs> yes, he took his part lovely. <laughs> and I'm in the one where I'm alone in the room with this beautiful girl and we put out the lights and test chocolates. <laughs> no, yes. Yes, to find out what are the hard and soft centres. Well, I'm not at all surprised either. Now, let me let me show you what I want doing. Now, this is the living room. Oh, ducky! Oh, this is pure. This is pure ratadon with a touch of uh, mess all round the dado. Through here's the kitchen. Mm. Oh, it's a bit on a whisker, isn't it? Mm. No, I'm afraid not. No. Kitchen sink isn't us, heart it. <laughs> no, we're more of your drawing room comedy. Or bedroom farce. Well, do the best you can. Here's the dishcloth. We can't wash up in here. All the dishes are dirty. Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I'm sorry. I'd have washed up if I'd known. Well, it's the grease, you see. It turns his stomach over. Well, I wouldn't want to upset him at all. Perhaps you'd better start on the living room. Oh, oh yes, that's much more. Oh, look, Sandy, a parquet floor. Oh, boner. Mm. Oh, I wish I'd known. <laughs> oh, if I'd known, I'd have brought me tap shoes. <laughs> well, if it's all the same to you, I don't want you to dance on it. I want you to polish it. I'm not going down on my hands and knees. Just bag me Levi's. <laughs> well, dust something then. There, the piano. Oh, a piano. <laughs> Way to treat an artiste, I must say. Bring us here under false pretenses, treat us like judges. Don't, Julian, don't, 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 no, don't get yourself worked up. Well, no, 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 come on, if you, if you frown, you'll get crow's feet. I, <laughs> I don't care, I don't care, it's too much, it's all too much. We haven't been put on this earth to wash these dirty dishes, escape each polished saucepans. I'm not staying in this house another minute. Come on, Sandy, good day, Mr. Hall. Mm. Good day. Oh, it's you again. What is it? Uh, yes, we just wanted to know what time do you want us tomorrow? <laughs> and finally, trends in music. What's new in the world of pop? Nothing, son. What's new in your world? <laughs> <laughs> well, climbing the charts are the... <laughs> climbing the charts are the... Yeah, they are, yes, indeed. <laughs> Climbing the charts are the Fraser Hayes Four, who are going to sing a track from their new LP, Alan Breeze at Carnegie Hall. 
<laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the Fraser Hayes Fall. We got our bags all packed Cause we're going on a steamer We're going far, far away Let's get on down, down, down To that steamer There's no reason to delay My ticket's reading one way Say, this is a wonderful day All aboard, all aboard All aboard, all aboard Glory was saying on the Robbity Lee. Oh boy, there's gonna be a big jubilee. Hear those paddles going round. Oh, what music while we're homeward bound. Down on that levee, all our troubles will end. We'll be in heaven when we're making that bend. Hurry, hurry, we're shouting with glee. Sailing on the Robbity Lee. Oh, Captain, hear my prayer. Keep a puffing all the night till we see those fields of white. Oh, Lordy, way up there, you can do such wondrous things. Gimme, gimme wings. Glory, sailing on the Robert E. Lee. Oh, boy, gonna be a big jubilee. All ashore, we'll never leave our Mississippi no more. Hurry, 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 hurry. tell him it's me. Sailing to the Southland, dear Southland, sailing. Episode four of the Clissold Saga. This week we continue the story of Beatrice Clissold, that grand old actress whom Lionel Hale has called the pure brass of the music hall. <laughs> Last week, I went once again down her old moss-covered house at Chattering Parva, knocked on her old moss-covered door, which was opened by Spasm, her moss-covered old butler. No, it's just a trick of the light. I'm Kenneth Horne. Can I speak to your mistress? No, she be incommunicado. Well, go and shout through the keyhole until I'm here. <laughs> go back to London, young man. Go home. Get the ends from this accursed place. Go home, I tell ee. Go home. Do I have to do all this rubbish week after week? Well, I'm afraid so. It's a sort of running character, you see. Oh, well. Go home! Go home, young master. Young master. Isn't... 
that the phantom hound? <laughs> the hound of the counterblasts? Aye, that he be. See, look there. See, he's manifested himself against the curtains. <laughs> Often does I <laughs> see him all? He be a fearsome sight, dainty, nearly eight feet tall. He be with great slavering jaws and fangs and eyes like red hot coals. Here's spot. Here's spot. Come and say, come and say hello to the nice gentleman. Oh, <laughs> keep him back. Don't let him get too near me. Mm. I can see he's taken to you. Ah, look at him rolling over. Why is he doing that? Why is he doing that? He wants you to rub his phantom belly. <laughs> what, like, like this? Ah, 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 that's right. Ah, go on doing it. Ah, ah. <laughs> Yeah, oh, he likes that, you know. Oh, look at his old phantom leg going round like the clappers. Ah, oh, oh, he'd be a noble beast, he be. He is, he be, he be. Where, where's he gone? He's, he's disappeared. Ah, he's do that often. I think he's gone phantom walkies. <laughs> Oh, I see. Haunted house trained, is he? Ah. Look, um, could I see Lady ah. Counterblast? You see, I haven't got all that long. None of us have. We all be doomed. <laughs> doomed. Uh, here. She's in here. Here. Lady Counterblast, tis the young master. Doomed, we be all doomed. I've got a touch of the dooms. <laughs> I think he's been at the metal polish again. <laughs> well, now, Lady Counterblast, I've been fascinated by the stories you've told me so far. You've known many famous men, haven't you? Many men. Many, many men. Many, 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 many men. Many. <laughs> but of all the husbands I've had, that one that sticks in my mind, not to mention my craw, was um, Sir Arnold Mollusk. Sir Arnold Mollusk, the archaeologist. You mean the, the man who excavated the tombs of the early Egyptian kings. Yes, yes, yes. indeed, Mr. Horn. I married him in 1922 and we went out to Egypt and together we excavated many tombs. <laughs> many, many tombs. Many, many, but, many uh, tombs. But I believe that uh, many one... Many. I believe that one such excursion ended in disaster. Oh, yes. You are referring, of course, to the curse of Tutanasa. That's right, uh, yes. Yes, we had pitched camp by an oasis. Oh, dear, small dedicated group. Professor Tippett, who led the expedition, my husband and I. I can't stand it, Duchess. The heat, the zips. Why do you say that, dearest? Not allowed to mention flies on the BBC. <laughs> <laughs> Can't we turn back, Professor? We must go on. Tomorrow we'll be at the tomb of Tutanaza. Take heart, Mollusk. I think I've got a touch of the belly belly. Well, never mind. When we get back to Europe, you can go to Baden-Baden for the cure-cure. <laughs> but the camel drivers say that whoever opens the mummy's tomb will be struck down by the curse. 
They've deserted us. Gone back to Cairo. Shh. There's someone outside the tent. So that is a strange, lumpy figure in a camel hair coat. Who is it? It's a camel. <laughs> there are two, two Arabs riding it. They're getting off. They're coming towards us. Mere crops not be devoured by locusts, may or herds multiply and by the beard of Abdul Ben Waris. May the eagle never defile your caravan. May your concubines bring joy to your heart. And may laughter tinkle in your tents. And may your loins be fruitful. Uh, yes. <laughs> and your loins and all. With regard to your crops and concubines, etc., 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 I hope they find you as it leaves me, uh, yours faithfully, Arnold Mollusk. <laughs> Even so, and may your joys be as numerous as the grins of sun, do you oh, not another one. <laughs> what are you trying to say? Would you like to buy some postcards? <laughs> Certainly not. No, got the wife here. Ah, this is your wife. Oh, she's radiant. A desert flower, a pearl of incomparable price. No, no, no that's the professor. Oh. <laughs> Just a trick of the light. Now, look, what do you, what do you want of us? We hear that you are looking for the tomb of Tutanasa. We are guides. Perhaps we can help you. Our card. Uh, thank you. Desert holidays, guided tour eggs, single Bedouins in every tent. <laughs> Constant hot sand, chauffeur-driven camels. Our speciality, tombs defiled. Well, that's just what we're looking for. So, you can lead us to the tomb of Tutanasa. What price are you asking? Well, in the desert, money is of no use. Vibata, what have you got? We've only got a camel. Oh, oh. there is more than enough. We'll have that. All right, George, shop. Right. Uh, one camel, I'll just ring it up. <laughs> right now, I'm afraid you'll have to have your changing goats. <laughs> Oh, no, 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 keep the change. The only way my pocket's down. Uh, now that's settled, we ride at dawn. And so we set off on camelback. For three days and nights, our little caravan filed across the desert. We had only one end in view, that of the camel in front. <laughs> but then... On the morning of the fourth day, we arrived at our destination, the Great Pyramid of Tutanasa. You hear, Fendi? Are you sure it's the right tomb? Oh, yes, Master. See the hieroglyphics on the wall. What do they say, Mollusk? You're the expert. Uh, let me see now. Hmm, what's this word? It's spelt duck, duck, crocodile, sacred maiden, reaping hook and a dog up to something rather vulgar. Hmm. <laughs> Yes, that's Egyptian for pharaoh. I say, Nefertiti, what's the difference between the back end of a sacred hippopotamus and a letterbox? Nefertiti, I don't know. Pharaoh, well, in that case, I won't ask you to post my pools coupons. <laughs> See, we found it. We found it. What the riddle, we found? Of the riddle of the Sphinx. I don't wish to know that. Kindly leave the dozen. Not before I've opened the tomb. And did not open this tomb, Fendi. For is it not written that he who desecrates the tomb of Tut Enaza shall be stricken with the mummy's curse and shall be consumed by the seven plagues, fire, scorpions, locusts, serpents, hail, vermin, and cramp in the knees? And is it not also written by the high priest of Ibis? Is it? Of course not. I just made it up. <laughs> Nevertheless, there is a curse on the tomb. I don't care. We've come all this way. I'm not turning back now. 
I'm going in. Give me a hand with this door. Good heavens. It's incredible in here. You'll never guess what I found. I've just found... Eek! By the time I got to him, poor Arnold, he was quite dead. The curse of the mummy had struck. Yes, we found him lying there with an asp clasped in his grasp. <laughs> and what a thrill-packed load of old twaddle that was. <laughs> well, that's all for this week, except to announce the winner of our limerick competition. And this is the winning entry from Mrs. N. Sullivan of Albany Street, London, NW1. We chose it because it's rather silly and we rather liked it. It goes like this. An animal breeder called Gluck once crossbred a hamster and duck. When asked for a name for this beast of ill fame, he said, well, we're calling it Gladys. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now for the opening lines of this week's limerick. As follows, an amateur gardener from Bude developed a cactus quite lewd. I'll repeat that. (laughs) An amateur gardener from Bude developed a cactus quite lewd. And please send your entries not to me, but to Round the Horn, care of BBC London W1. And to the centre of the best complete limerick goes this week's prize, a box of novelties and games, including the vanishing lady trick, the magic handkerchief trick, and the amazing disappearing Christmas pudding with um, instructions how to work it. (laughs) Goodbye for now. See you next week. That was Round the Horn, starring Kenneth Horn, with Kenneth Williams, Hugh Paddock, Betty Marsden and Bill Pertwee. On the musical side, you heard the Fraser Hayes Four and Paul Fenelay and the Hornblowers with incidental music composed by Edwin Brayton. The script was written by Barry Took and Marty Feldman and the recorded programme was produced by John Simmons. <laughs>